Hello friends, this is Michael from Hannigan Media and I am in the courtroom of Henderson County Judge Wade McKinney for our weekly interview, our weekly get-together to talk about county government. Uh, thank you for inviting us in, uh, Judge McKinney. Good morning. Thank you, Michael, for being helping get this information out. I really appreciate it. All right, so um, today, guys, we are going to be talking about vaccines. And it's interesting because we talked... A whole lot about vaccines last week, I know. Um, but even after we put it out, uh, there was still a lot of um, questions. There were a lot of questions. I know the judges said he's continued to receive a lot of questions about vaccine, vaccine distribution. Mainly, oh, why don't we have more? Um, and so we are going to uh, get into this. Let me set this up, Judge. Mm-hmm. Because I walked in and the judge handed me the 37-page COVID-19 vaccination plan from the Texas Department of State Health Services, which you often see me um, uh, abbreviate as DSHS, and uh, as we usually call them, dishes. So uh, this is the state vaccination plan. Do you spend any time with this plan here, Judge? Got pretty familiar with it over the last several days or several weeks, actually. Okay, so um, we're going to talk a little bit about this. Now, let's set this up. We we want to talk about a few different things. Number one, the plan is divided into two phases. Phase one, phase two. Phase one, where we're at, not a lot of vaccine available. That's right. You know, we hear... On the news, on you know, phase one, and there's two groups in phase one. It is those that are the frontline workers and those over 65 that are uh, most susceptible to the adverse effects. And in the plan, it says that is phase one, and it is built upon a public-private partnership. Okay, so that's phase one. That's phase phase one. one. There's not a lot of vaccine available. It's where we are right now. Phase two, later on, when there's plenty of vaccine for everybody, it seems like it's going to be a lot easier. All right. Now, we've broken down this process, and this is where we want to get into this specifics. We've broken down this vaccination, uh, vaccine distribution process into three things. Number one, the providers. Number two, the allocation, and number three, big vaccine events, big vaccination events that are going to be planned. And I know you have a ton of stuff to talk about. So let's take these piece by piece and talk about the providers, which we don't have many in Henderson County. We do not. And I was having conversations with Representative Bell last week, and what he was able to get from us from DSHS was that in the two counties of Kaufman and Henderson, there were 30 potential providers, of which 10 were available that had completed the entire process. There were others in the steps of becoming approved. It is a very meticulous process that is very lengthy. I've had some conversations about the red tape is forever long because you have to agree to CDC provider agreements. It is typical government regulation. The issue um, that also comes along with it is that not 
a provider is not required to participate and a provider that participates does not cannot force an administrative fee on it wait a minute let me let me make sure i understand this they can't make money on it right and it's not required exactly so everybody who's doing it, it all the providers that are doing it are basically doing it for nothing Anything that is associated that was passed through the government, the federal government portal, being vaccines, syringes, gloves, whatever that, individuals cannot be charged for that. So not even an administration fee. So we, these individuals that are providing, these organizations that we do have, these providers that have gone through this process are not gaining anything. From being a provider, other than they're trying to take care of the people that are presented before them. Okay, so let me um, let me try to read between the lines here. In all of Henderson County and Kaufman County, for Rep Bell, mm-hmm. Representative Keith Bell, um, in in Henderson County and Kaufman County, we have ten peop- ten providers that can currently give the vaccine. Correct. What I hear or what I'm reading between the lines is maybe one of the reasons we have so few providers at this particular point in time is because the entire first half of this 37-page document is about what you have to do in the hoops you have to jump through to become a provider. Exactly. With the fine print that says, oh, by the way, you can't make any money on it. That is correct. All right. So they just got to do it out of the, they got to go through all of this for the goodness of their heart. They are providing this as a, um, as, as a benefit. As a service as, to the as community. As a service to the community. Okay. Exactly. Which is a great thing. Yeah. Thank God not, for them. By the way, I'm not, um, I am not, and, and I'm glad that they are. But what that does do, it means that bigger providers. Mm hmm will be much more likely or bigger companies will be much more likely to be doing this because they have the infrastructure to absorb the cost. Whereas your smaller clinics, your smaller local businesses, things like that won't be able to do it because there's no way they're going to be able to absorb the cost and of handling the red tape of administering the vaccine, of going through being all the uh, reporting, reported, exactly. got, becoming a provider. Um, it sounds like that's a very big part of this that you, your smaller local clinics, clinics pharmacies, right. place like that, exactly. places like that are going to have a much more difficult time becoming a, a provider. One of the incidental things is that a provider must keep records for three years on everything. For three years, they must retain the records. Okay. You know, it's, it's, it's an added cost. It's, sure. It's no, all it's of these another, different things. And all of these things are costs they, that they can't get reimbursed you know, for. And this is during phase one. Right. That we hear continually. Phase one with those two groups during the limited supply of vaccines. And they are very, very limited. You know, we as a, as our county, I believe we're right at, I think it's been approved for about 2,000 doses amongst all the providers yeah. that right. we currently have. All right. I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump ahead to allocations yet. I'm right. Gonna, right. I want to stay on providers for right. just a second. 
Uh, because that's been one of the questions. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to ask you the question in a way I'm sure you've been asked before, which is, how come there are so few places that have access to the vaccine? <laughs> it is not available. And through the, you have to understand that the registration process that was laid out in the plan was also used to estimate need and also to assign and the next step we're talking about allocation through a form, a weighted formula. Right. So, but, but what I'm saying is the reason that you can't go to any pharmacy oh, or go to any doctor right, is why, why can't I go to my doctor? Right. It's not like the flu vaccine, you know, where you could get a flu shot right. everywhere. Um, it has to be under a doctor's license plus had to go through all the registration process, have to ensure the storage because of, of the cooling capability. Um, also that it's not a single dose vial once you break the top on it there's several doses in there so you must be able to administer all of them so there's no spoiling that's part of the cdc requirements but uh this event like i said being based off a public private partnership is it's a voluntary program for the providers and you cannot, if the individual providers do not wish to participate, they're not going to be allocated because it is very tight and it's allocated through, um, we keep going to allocation, that limitation of supply being brought from the federal government through the state of Texas locally. They tried to build the need off of who would be an interested provider. And since we did not have a large amount of inter- interested providers in a rural area, therefore that weighted amount coming is less. Okay. <laughs> so I got it. And this is, we're going to start in, in going over. I'm going to, we're going to make the transition I, now. I keep going. No, I got, no, I understand now. Why. We've got great providers in our yes, area. No, we, we, have, we are blessed for a county yes. of 80,000 to have the medical capacity that we do. Absolutely. We have great doctors. We have great pharmacies right. here in Henderson County. The problem is that the system mm-hmm. is set up in a way that um, really makes this feasible only for larger organizations, larger businesses, larger clinics, because they're the ones that are going to have the resources to be able to do the reporting, keep the files, and absorb the extra cost. People have asked, well, why isn't Henderson County Providing, like you see on the news. Oh, you, yeah. You county hear, government. Why isn't county, cause they always speak county this, county sure. that. You know, Tarrant County's opening up. Dallas County is opening up. Those counties have health departments, which is one of the criteria if you are not a medical provider that you must have all of the, meet all of the needs uh, of the program by having medical staff and moving through. We tried, Henderson County tried to come on the program through our sheriff's department with our medical staff that we have there, and we were rejected from doing that. Because you're not a health department. We're not a health department. And by the way, let's, so let's, let's, well, lay this out, um, technically. Technically, of course, Henderson County has a health department. Every county does have a health department. Our health department just happens to be NetHealth and is based out of Tyler. 
And so NetHealth has gotten Henderson County's vaccines and they're giving out stuff. So technically our health department has gotten vaccines. It's just that it's NetHealth. And if you go to your um, spreadsheet on the website and the information you have on the website, you have information about that. We do. um, Not only on the spreadsheet, but on the website, we do have a link for the NetHealth vaccination registration. And it is, excuse me, we live in the um, public health region that DSHS set up. That is four, five in that has two of the TSA, uh, three of the TSAs we always speak about. There's 34 counties there. Out of those 34 counties, there are nine health departments. So Henderson County is not unique in what that it is doing. It is the, the norm. Now, NetHealth, we had, we work with them. They provide us the information and the links for our individuals that wishing to get on the list. Uh, Kaufman County is not a part of our area, but they're having to do the same thing with Dallas County. Rural areas, with the focus of the plan being on the higher population areas, that was specifically built into the plan for phase one, which we are in. So, um, real quick, for anybody who's thinking to themselves, well, why do they do it that way? Listen, we're almost never in a pandemic. (laughs) And so... Henderson County, as a rural county, one of the ways um, you guys keep taxes down is by where you can, partnering with other uh, entities mm-hmm. like other counties to provide joint services so that you can keep the cost down for a particular area. Um, you know, I know that the sheriff's department, um, joins forces with other counties to put together special task, task forces, force. Right. Um, because then they can, um, because they don't have the money to like have, have and hire deputies specifically to do that on their own. Right. Whereas if I send one over there, now I have the ability to partner with the eight other counties and now we've got a great big task force. That's right. And the same thing happens with our health department. Exactly. When Henderson County had its own hospital back in the mid eighties, when it was the Henderson County Memorial Hospital before it was transitioned to ETMC and now to UT Health. Henderson County had a health department because it had a hospital. It had those tools in place. And since that time, since the Henderson County joined with East Texas Medical, the health department portion of it shifted to a regional approach because Henderson County no longer had that capability in of itself. And so that's how come Henderson County's health department is Net health, exactly. Which is, and and I know I'm I'm going to raise my hand as being guilty in saying, like, when the pandemic started, and the first time I heard net health, I said, "Who?" Exactly. I mean, I've been covering the county for years and years, and mm-hmm. had never heard of net health, uh, which just goes to show that it, you know, it was it was fine. It's just then in a pandemic, right? Now we've overloaded that system. There was some involvement with NetHealth during the 2010 uh, H1N1 vaccinations, uh, but it was, as you remember, it's not anywhere on the scope of what we've been looking at with COVID-19. Okay, so what we've done is we have now covered point one, which is providers, right. which is how many we have, why there aren't many, right, and why you hear 
places like Dallas County or particular county is getting their own supply and Henderson County is not, that's because of the link to net health. The other part of this that's interesting or that fact, that becomes a factor is that in phase one of the plan, the, um, formula for figuring out how much vaccine gets sent to a particular location is connected to the number of providers. Exactly. They take in the plan, it speaks about the registration process is to identify the need of the population of which an interested provider serves. And that information is then taken and placed into a weighted calculation to determine how much vaccine is made available for that location. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to just come out and say it. Just like everything else, rural areas get the short end of the stick because we don't have enough big corporations, big organizations who can afford to become providers. Exactly. When you have a, a, a small office, small doctor's office, sure. you know, they, um, I wouldn't know off the top of my head what they would provide as far as how many people they would service, but say, say it was 500, you know, 500, yeah, 5,000, sure. whatever. And they are the only one out of a county of 80,000 Giving information, well, it's only the 5,000 that is being registered and putting and into a weighted count. Sure. Instead of taking what our population is, instead of taking what our demographics are, exactly. how old our population is, this is being based on the, a lot on the providers. Mm-hmm. Um, because I guess because the state has to know that they have outlets to be sending this vaccine too. Right. And being that it's in phase one with such the scarcity of vaccine, they speak in the plan of we have to ensure that the efficiency of the delivery is there where you don't have waste. Sure. And so, okay. So we're now we're talking about allocation and, mm-hmm. and, and we've been talking about it. Um, and so this week it was, it was interesting this week. Um, Henderson County w- was allocated 200 doses. And, um, last week we talked about vaccines and we both said, okay, we're going to try, I'm going to try to do a better job of making sure that the public gets that information. I put that information out Monday evening. It came out on Monday. And, um, let me tell you, uh, my readers and listeners were not impressed with the number 200. No, no, definitely not. Neither were we. You know, even from the very beginning of that, uh, week two, I believe we ended up Across the board being allocated, I think it was 1200 when you put ever all of the locations together and that's it. Yeah. That's, that's what our area has received. And it's based upon, again, as they said, that weighted calculation that comes from the interested providers on the demographic that they serve. Well, and as we know now, too, the other part of it is that they're counting some of those vaccines that are going to end up getting delivered in that health mm-hmm. as part of Henderson County. Exactly. And net health isn't breaking them out. Right. Net health is having, and we'll talk about this next. We don't want right. to get it, but they're right. having vaccine events, mm-hmm. and you can register for you it. Can. And as long as you're for, you know, and and you've got that link up, I've put that link up. Um, you can register for those, but you never know when they're going to come in. 
And so this is really just a guessing game for us and wondering every Monday, how many are we going to get this week? Yeah, how many this time? I, there and, is, wh- and who? The, right, and there is an interesting tool on DSHS, which we have it on our spreadsheet, a link to um, where – you can see how many, because it is a very intense um, recording process and information that has to be sent in within 24 hours of who's been vaccinated. You know, there's almost 1,300 individuals in Henderson County that have received the initial dose of the vaccine. And we've got 108 that have received both the first and the second. Yeah. So now, but that's... Here's the thing. I'm going to go with these because of these kinds of things. We have no idea the last time this was actually updated or whether the numbers are up to par. We have seen it here. We have seen it even watching the hospitalizations. When you look over the last few days, there was a weird move, which we found out that there was an issue with reporting. And so it made it look like we fell 800 and then we jumped 800 uh, as for the TSA and even the state. Oh, now you're talking about the state. Yeah, the state. Okay. Okay. (laughs) You know, it, it has, it's all reporting and there will be mistakes sure. coming up humans are doing exactly. it. humans make mistakes but but you were we were talking about that allocation it's based on a weighted amount and even in the examples they can give um a hospital that has uh, 3200 um employees uh got 100 doses yeah you okay know. so let's do this let's do this i'm going to i'm going to be the mean guy okay Henderson County, how come we, how come you're not getting those vaccines? Well, uh, because the state of Texas says that Henderson County cannot be a um, certified provider. Well, can't you get it from somewhere other than the state? No, we cannot because it, the state gets it directly from the federal government and the CDC. And incidentally, it's shipped directly from cdc to the provider you can't you can't pick up the phone and call moderna and say yo could you send us 500 extra doses we're kind of running short here no because the the only individual that can do that is our health commissioner texas health commissioner yeah, according I remember see that according to the plan, yes. all of this is being figured the 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 guy with final say. Yes. Is the Texas Health Commissioner. Yes, that's as the plan reads because all of that reporting that is sent in by the providers is again run through that weighted calculation and through multiple eyes and the commissioner says this is what happens and makes the call to CDC. CDC then sends, talks to the um, manufacturer and then the manufacturer sends to our registered providers. Okay, so let's go back to, all right, so um, can can we have someone on the phone calling the uh, Texas Health Commissioner and say, "Yo, um, this is Henderson County, and um, yeah, we want more." Uh, no, uh, no, it is not a part of the process. Again, it is that public-private process that if you are not a registered provider, and as I was saying earlier, those counties that have a health department, those larger counties, uh, they are able to be involved in that process. But in, like I said, you have 34 counties in East Texas, and there are nine health departments. Um, once again, the higher population rule rural is overlooked um, 
and I won't say by choice, but some would say the higher numbers making a necessity with a focus on the more densely populated areas. Okay, so how come you're not getting our state representative involved? Ah, he and I had a nice conversation Friday, and I'm telling you, he is as frustrated as, as we are in the fact that as you move through this allocation process, it's not just um, the calculated once. It's calculated every week. So, therefore, if your numbers and your providers do not grow, therefore, your vaccinations do not grow. Your allotment does not grow. When you are looking in the um, urban areas as that higher recruitment happens, that calculation will increase, therefore, leaving rural Texas further behind than the urban areas. Okay, so every week we're doing this calculation, and and if we're not adding providers, we're not going to get additional vaccine. If you are all, if you're not administering the full amount of vaccine that you have, if you can't, well, that doesn't that. seem to be a problem, Judge, because uh, the folks, as they tell me on my site through mm-hmm. the comments, uh, we called. And they're out. They are. But the thing is, is that we have such few available locations, a few available providers, you cannot get that exponential increase that will bring more than what we are currently seeing. So what you're saying is uh, we might go from 200 to 250, but we're not going to go from 200. Oh, no, 100 is the lowest. 100 is the lowest. I did see that. (laughs) By the way, folks, that is in the 37-page plan. The lowest allocation that can be sent is 100 doses. So all the increments will be in hundreds. So we could go from two to 300, but we're probably not going from two to 1,000. Exactly. And again, this is all in the phase one, the time when there is limited vaccine available. Um, I saw an interesting thing on the news the other day was that Texas per capita ranks 47th in vaccine delivery out of the 50 states. So when you're looking at per capita basis, Henderson, uh, Henderson, Texas is 47th in receiving vaccine. Haven't got to dig into that to find out yet. Just a little anecdotal information. So we're near the bottom. We're near the bottom in receiving vaccine from the feds. getting vaccine from the federal government. Yes. There you go. All right. So let's move on and finish this up with point number three in the process, which is big vaccine events. Um, and by this, I mean like drive-throughs. NetHealth had uh, two drive-through clinics last week in Tyler, um, and they do it in Tyler because that's the central location right. for the health district, which um, our health district is seven counties. Seven counties. And, um, yeah, they filled all of their slots for that particular clinic, those two clinics, right. in two hours. Um, in yeah. fact, it was kind of funny. You uh, sent me a message or something to say, "Hey, I sent you something from from Net Health," and I and I looked and checked, and by the time we even got that done, it was done. It was yeah. over. They were filled. Yeah, we we got it uh, almost five o'clock yeah. in the evening, and by the time yeah. got moved on it, it, it was it was it already, was already full. filled. Um, but it looks like as they get more vaccine, they're going to do more of those. Right. That's how Net Health it looks like is going to handle. It's vaccine right. distribution. When it gets it, it's going to have these events where you can like drive up and get it done. 
Um, I guess they figure that that's the best way for them to handle having seven counties. Yeah, I uh, mean, and the fairest way. Yeah, they have <clears throat> Smith County has the infrastructure. And when I say that, you, they have the support for net health there. And that is the location covering all of our seven counties that with the, um, the Harvey Center and that load, those right. locations, plus that's where all their staff is. And that's where they, and that's where they had the first two was that's, at the Harvey Center. Right. Um, now the, the important thing for our people to know, for Anderson County residents to know is you can pre-register and you can get on right. the waiting list so that if there's going to be an event like this, you can get notified. Right. And that process is just that. You go online, you can go onto the NetHealth website or you can go to the, uh, Henderson-County.com where we've had all of the information for, um, COVID-19. There's a link there. There's a link in our, um, spreadsheet that we keep putting up. Um, that will take you directly to it where you can register for net healths. And this will be continu- the continued process until we move out of phase one. Which is we don't have hardly any vaccine. Right. You know, phase two allows for, they believe, I believe, how did they describe it? That it was almost sufficient. So the third phase was a likely sufficient supply. Yeah, and, and so when they do that, there'll be many more events. I know that you had a meeting yes. January 4th to talk about um, some of these things with DSHS. We did. Uh, we had discussions with uh, the Texas Division of Emergency Management and DSHS on our ability to stand up a location for the administration of the vaccine. And, again, I love that uh, governmental uh, term, stand up, stand which up. means, yeah, we can get it ready. <laughs> Open up. Yes, you know, on a phone call. And we are set up and waiting. It's all upon the availability of vaccine. And that the thing about that is that's probably – well, we don't know because DSHS is going week by week at this particular point exactly. in time. Uh, but that's more likely – in phase two rather than in phase one. It is. That's it. That's what they speak to in the plan of phase two of the rural areas and those that have yeah. accessibility issues, DSHS stepping in so that to expand the vaccination capacity. Sure. One, one of this, this whole process reminds me so much of the uh, problems we had at the beginning of the pandemic mm-hmm. with exactly. testing. Yes. I mean, it's exactly the same, same issues. And one of the things people did to uh, get around that is if they thought that they were, um, if they thought that they were sick, some people would go to Dallas mm-hmm. and get a test. They would. Um, is that something that people are doing with vaccinations? Is that something that can be done with vaccinations? It, there is no restriction on where you can get vaccinated. You, uh, you hear that, folks? Yeah, no, restrictions no restrictions on where. On that. And there's even been some reports that individuals had driven up from the Austin area to be vaccinated at the Omnet um, Health Clinic. I did read that. Uh, you know, it is something that is not prohibited. But um, any opportunity that you can get on a waiting list, please do. I mean, that's if you are and un, have underlying conditions, um, we are those individuals need to be vaccinated. Okay, so let me let me um, let me see if I can um, wrap this up. We don't have that many providers, and it doesn't look like we're going to get a whole bunch more. 
we're not getting much vaccine allocated right now. And while we're on phase in phase one over the next few weeks, it doesn't look like that's going to change. Right. And there probably will be vaccination events, but they're probably going to be in Tyler. Exactly. During phase one, that is going to be the case. And there's really nothing county government can do about that. There is not because of the fact that we do not meet the requirements of the CDC to be a certified provider. Our local providers, our local doctor offices that getting registered, and as I said again, it is a very lengthy process of which they do not get paid for. Small town folk getting caught in the red tape. Exactly. Outstanding. All right, folks. It's, so that's where we are when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccination plan and what's going on here in Henderson County. We did not go over now uh, just for some of our listeners. Um, I know we have some that are anti-vaccine mm-hmm. and, and um, have brought out some points about that. We covered that and we did talk about that quite a bit. In our podcast last week, I don't want to go over all of that again because, you know, where we are right now, I think, in in our uh, climate is if you're on one side or the other, there's not much you can say to shift someone. No, you can't. I mean, when individuals are entrenched in their beliefs, that's their beliefs. And not only are the providers... Not required. Right. It, 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 it's an the same thing with individuals. You are not required exactly. to take this vaccine by the government. Right. Now, an organization could require you. That is some of the interesting um, things that have been running around here is that um, can my employer cause for you to be vaccinated? Uh, there are employment uh, requirements that it's a right to work state uh who knows what you know litigation is going to come out of all of this in the future but uh i'm I'm not a lawyer but i played one on tv (laughs) i play one five (laughs) days a week (laughs) um so there's a lot of questions about that but i wanted to say that real quick uh we do understand that there are listeners who um right are not uh who, who do not believe the vaccine is safe we discussed the, that in the last podcast. Uh, both the judge and I respectfully disagree yeah. and think that um, it is considering the pandemic and where we are in the pandemic that um, I guess the way I would put it is I would say that the vaccine for many people is an acceptable risk considering the pandemic. I mean, there there is a time to um, argue, a time to discuss, and then there's time to take action. And we're to the point now where we've seen what the devastation can be brought by COVID-19. And there, believe me, there are a great deal of individuals in our county that wish that their relative would have had the ability to uh, get the vaccine or that so that they would be here today. Senator Henderson County has hit and surpassed the one per thousand number. Um, there's been a been one death per thousand people 
in Henderson County since the pandemic started. Yeah, yeah, it has surpassed it. Yesterday's reporting on DSHS 92. was 92, so 92 we, individuals. we are closing in on 100 deaths in less than a year mm-hmm. um, from COVID-19. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. And I don't know if I should say this or not, but the, one of the things you and I said uh, last week, it's the super flu. You know, it's, yeah, you it, said you know it's sure, thirty, yeah. forty times worse. Right, you know, COVID pneumonia. COVID pneumonia. Right. You know, no, for sure. I couldn't. I would challenge, and I shouldn't say that, but I don't know that we've had ninety-two deaths from the flu in one single year in Henderson County, other than during the pandemic. Oh, I, 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 I would go further than that. But yeah, you know, I understand what you're saying. Th- yes, I, I'm just. Looking at the numbers sure. in here, sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. In ten years, when the historians are going back through all of this, uh, I'm sure they're going to say a lot to both sides. What were y'all thinking? Yeah. So do us a favor. Yeah. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Six feet away, guys, and wear your masks. Yeah. And look, we get it. We get it. Masks are terrible. No one likes them. And I do everything I can the minute I walk in anywhere to get six feet away so I can pull my mask down. Mm -hmm. You and I do a podcast six feet away from each other at two different desks Mm -hmm. with microphones so that we can do the podcast without wearing our our masks and still be social distanced. We get it. We don't like masks either. But, like, even if, even if it's, a small improvement. Mm-hmm. It's worth doing. I agree. And so please make sure to take care of those things and take care of yourself. And as the judge always says, take care of each other. Exactly. You know, we're all family. All right. So thank you very much for letting us in this week to talk about vaccinations, uh, COVID-19 vaccination plan. Judge, it's the most important thing that's going on right now locally, I think. People are um, asking questions daily about vaccinations. To me, I know the county's getting it every single day. I know you're getting it personally every single day. Please go to our uh, web webpage, henderson-county.com. Information on COVID-19 on the banner. Click on that. It'll take you to our um, landing site. Uh, COVID-19 statistics, if you'll click on that, there are so many links that we provide giving you a full background of what is going on. I encourage you to do it sitting at a computer because it takes up too much territory on your phone screen to be able to fully access and to look at it. Multiple documents, ties to DSHS, our net health information, plus a running history of percentages for all of the TSAs, uh, our actual numbers of hospitalizations, even some historical trends of what we've seen comparing July, November, and December together. So please, I encourage you to look. You can find all the information there. We are receiving a great number of calls concerning how do we do this. We will end up sending you directly to this location. But if you need information, give us a call. We we are here to assist and have been. It's just that there is so much, and it yeah. is so confusing.
confusing as far as the questions and the information out there, plus the lack of providers. And quite honestly, when you watch your your news, your television, they are reporting in the urban areas, and that's urban area news where they're opening center on center yeah. on center. Yeah. Remember, we live in a small county that does not have that capability. Small town, rural America. Oh, we love to live here. I, 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 I would not live anywhere else, but you do. Um, there is a trade-off. There is. There is a trade-off. I, I, I just want to say, too, we keep on calling this thing a, um, a spreadsheet. And it is built on a spreadsheet, but it's become a website. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually really has. has. It's become it, it's a spreadsheet that has literally turned into a <laughs> website. And so, if you go to this, um, and and the way the judges put it together is, it's a it's a spreadsheet in Google Docs that you have access to. But all of the links, all the information is there, and it functions exactly like a website. So this is one of those places, if you're really interested in following what's going on with COVID-19, whether it's the numbers, the hospitalizations, the vaccines, or whatever, you want to make sure you have this bookmarked. I'm going to tell you that I check out this website every single day. So, Judge, thank you very much for the time, and we will see you all next week. Thanks, Mike.